0: For those who know every line and for those finding Star Wars for the very first time, welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. Welcome back to Growing Up Skywalker. I'm Sam. Hi I'm- Today we're talking about Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 4, Cornered, and Episode 5, Rampage!
1: Rampage! Rampage! What happens in Cornered, Sam? All
0: right, so Cornered starts off, and the team, the Bad Batch, is out of fuel, out of money, out of food.
1: Listen, we have no gas, (laughs) we have no snacks, the ship is on a wanted list.
0: Yeah, they're, they're wanted, there are... Problems, so they are going to go to a random planet called Idlaflor, but instead they decide to go to Pantora. Pantora, home of
1: Senator Chuchi.
0: Well, hopefully, you may have thought that Pantora would be an ice planet, given how blue and not caring about the cold they are, but it turns out to be a normal desert Southern California planet with onion domes and crimson bunting. And as they land, they have to come to terms with the harsh realities of what's going on, that they have to bribe their way everywhere. They're running out of money and they need to find work. So Echo and Hunter and Omega go into town while Wrecker and Tech take apart the ship to change their transponder code so that they are less wanted. However, the dock master notices the ship and phones a mysterious figure in space who makes her way their direction a
1: certain smoky eyed assassin Mm -hmm.
0: echo and hunter and omega are at a shop hunter's like this is a high explosive can i sell it to you and the shopkeeper's like no but i'll buy your droid
1: and everyone's like droid because they look at echo Mm -hmm.
0: because echo's pretending to be a droid And Echo upsells himself to 3,000 credits, which is not, I guess, a lot of money. It doesn't seem like it. Echo, listen, knows his worth. (laughs)
1: He's like, I am worth way more than 2,000 credits. And the shopkeeper's like, I'll give you three. And he's like, come on, man.
0: So anyway, Echo goes to the back room of the shop and is told to organize all the droids. However, while this transaction was occurring... Omega is playing with a stormtrooper doll, which is eaten by a passing dog. And as she's chasing a passing dog, she gets lost. She nearly gets run over and she gets rescued by a smoky eyed woman who's like, oh, poor child. Everything will be fine. I am very studiously voice acted.
1: She then fights Hunter, which is the crossover that I never knew I needed.
0: So... Hunter brings a knife to a gunfight, but does all right. (laughs) However, he gets beat in the face and Omega runs away.
1: Down into the sewers.
0: The mysterious figure follows Omega into the sewers and the whole gang splits up and starts doing things. Wrecker runs into the sewers. Tech is leading a robo revolution to fix (laughs) the ship because Hunter, as he wakes up, is like, hey, we got to get out of here. We're running into problems. So Omega is running through the sewers and she runs into Wrecker, who is like, hey, I'll rescue the little girl. Everything will be fine. But right behind them is the mysterious figure. Wrecker decides to go wreck up this mysterious figure. She uses his rampage energy, shoves him into a wall and knocks himself out. She
1: really said, I'm going to one hit KO, not one, but two Bad Batchers today. Oh boy.
0: <laughs> so Omega, using these tunnels, climbs up to the top of a building and slips and falls. She's hanging there. Tech is watching all the readouts and sees that she is falling. She's about to fall when the mysterious figure reaches down and grabs her. Hunter has stolen a speeder bike and is on his way, and the mysterious figure sees this and says, tuck and roll, kid, and drops Omega into the back of a dump truck, then jumps after her. So now we're in this chase scene. Mysterious figure and Omega in the back of a dump truck, Hunter on a speeder bike right behind them. Omega goes up, pulls the release catch for the dump truck. The dump truck driver, there's a very funny scene, he's just listening to music. He's like, oh yeah, cool vibes only crazy scene going on in the back. The cops get involved. The mysterious figure shoots the cops.
1: There are some real civilian casualties in this episode. There
0: are. Hunter gets thrown off every which way, but eventually he catches up right as Omega is flinging pallets of presumably... Potato sacks? Potato sacks at this mysterious figure. It knocks her down. Omega's about to fall, gets rescued by Hunter, and they fly off into the distance as there is just massive car and everything explosions.
1: They scramble back onto the ship and they decide that the mysterious figure must be a bounty hunter who is out for... Omega. I was going to say out for blood, but that has not been proven. (laughs) Not
0: been proven. And also, the mysterious figure shows up, goes to the dockmaster. Dockmaster's ready to get killed, is not killed, and the mysterious figure keeps hunting, phones in that they're still... Hunting.
1: And then we open up onto Rampage. Rampage, the next episode. Omega's shenanigans on Pantora have earned her her very own comms device mm-hmm. so that she can call into the Bad Batch when she's in trouble. It is technically Crosshair's old comms device. Oh, but he doesn't need it anymore. No. Devastating. (laughs) And now because there's a bounty hunter after her, they decide to go to Ord Mantell to meet up with some Jedi informant named Sid, who might be able to figure out who it is.
0: There's a funny case of mistaken identity because Echo's like, I know this guy Sid, or at least the Jedi knew this guy Sid, or at least I heard that.
1: Let's go find Sid at Sid's. And then they show up at Sid's and they look at Sid and they're like, are you Sid? And Sid is like, get out of here. There's no Sid's to be found. And then all the Bad Batch is like, what do we do? And Omega's like, that's clearly Sid. Yeah. You're a bunch of dumb fun uncles. (laughs) And I love you. (laughs) Emphasis on the dumb. Sid gives them a deal. If the Bad Batch goes and rescues a gal named Moochie— A child. A, a baby. A kid, she says. If they go and rescue Moochie from some Zygerian slavers, Sid will find out who hired the bounty hunter. There's a 70-30 split on the bounty. Lord grant me the confidence to negotiate a salary like Sid. <laughs> Clone Wars fans will remember that Zygerians are slave traders, Mm -hmm. and so unfortunately, as soon as the Bad Batch gets to where Moochie is being held prisoner, they get ambushed by the Zygerians on Mm -hmm. their Zygerian flying dragons, and now they're also about to be slaves. Fortunately, Omega is the best. (laughs) She sneaks out of the ship before the Zygerian scouts can find her, and she starts inching her way around the arena where the Bad Batch and all the other civilian prisoners are being held captive. And she ends up opening a cage at the edge of the arena, and she sets a rampaging teenage rancor on the slavers.
0: So this is a rancor that you'll remember from Return of the Jedi. This one's only about, I don't know, eight feet tall, nine feet tall? But it is it goes completely ham. This is
1: obviously fabulous, and then Sam, I got the giggles because it turns out the rancor is Muchi. She is the kid they're supposed to save.
0: The the uh, the Bad Batch like isn't able to talk to the Faline who are there. The they're
1: the prisoners. Yeah,
0: and they're they're like there's a little girl with them, and they're like, come with us, Muchi. And the the dad is like, moochie, moochie, pointing at the rancor. And they're like, oh, no. (laughs) Moochie
1: is beating up all of the Zygerians. And Wrecker just looks at her and he whistles. And he's like, dang, boys, she's doing fine on her own. (laughs) She's chewing on the Zygerian dragon like corn on the cob. Yeah. Amazing. Teach me to be her. (laughs) But. Tech figures out that Rancors have a social hierarchy, and Moochie is the alpha. So you have to challenge the alpha to become the new alpha. Mm -hmm. And Wrecker just cracks his knuckles, and he's like, oh, I can do this. (laughs) They punch each other until they're drunkenly missing each other with every swing. (laughs) Moochie is so tired, she just ends up falling asleep, and Wrecker collapses on top of her. Great success.
0: Everyone's making fun of her. Hunter's like, is this still going on? And Tech says, yeah, he's losing his touch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then also, this feels important. Omega has picked up a golden electro longbow from the Zagirian slavers that shoots purple energy arrows. Mm-hmm. And then cut back to SIDS, Omega just comes riding in on top of Moochie. And it turns out that Jabba the Hutt's right-hand man, Bib Fortuna, has come to pick Moochie up. Yep. And I feel like that's kind of an unfamiliar name for us, Bib Fortuna.
0: Okay. Well, let's get into that because we also learned the name of the bounty hunter.
1: Yeah. Sid pays them their measly cut of the bounty because she is great at her job. It's a
0: suitcase full of cash.
1: Yeah, but she got 70%. And... Tells them the identity of the assassin, bounty hunter, smoky-eyed, beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. The name is Fennec Shand. Mm -hmm. And then Sid says, with a bounty hunter like that after you, you're going to need friends and money. Mostly money. So let me know if you need another job. By the way, I'm great at keeping secrets. Like the fact... That a bounty hunter named Fennec Shand is after all of you. And Hunter looks very uneasy. Yes. Ta-da! Oh my god, delightful. I love these episodes. They had me giggling.
0: They were super fun, particularly because we meet so many characters.
1: Oh, Clone Wars Season 8 going strong. Cornered (laughs) is absolutely chock full of Clone Wars references. We've got Pantora, yes. obviously. The goat guy in the market who Mm -hmm. yells at Omega is just like the random goat guy that Ahsoka met when she was on the run from the Jedi in season five.
0: Those random goat guys. Those
1: random goat guys are jerks no matter what planet you're on. Hey
0: now. (laughs)
1: The Zygerian slaver call-out in Rampage, obviously.
0: Yeah, going back to gosh, what was that? Season three? Season four? Season four. Yeah.
1: There we got three episodes on the Zygerian planet where Ahsoka is pretending to be a slave. Obi-Wan is actually a slave, and Anakin's their like weird slave master.
0: Also, Rex is a slave. Don't forget that Rex oh, had a hard time with my that. My baby.
1: Too. Um, there was a teeny tiny moment. It wasn't really a Clone Wars callback, but someone comes zooming around the corner going, Poodoo!
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was like, this is fantastic.
0: Like Sabolba,
1: Yeah.
0: So we meet Bib Fortuna for the first time because we met Jabba in the Clone Wars movie
1: mm-hmm. way, way mm-hmm. back.
0: Gosh, that's like the
1: that f- was, fourth
0: episode of the podcast. That what was, was the fourth of the episode of the yeah, podcast. Wow. And I don't think Bib Fortuna is in that. But if he is, he didn't have any speaking lines. So we see him again. And we meet Fennec Shand, Very a very recent callback, because she had been introduced in season one of The Mandalorian, like the year before this came out.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I found out a really fun fact. The show notes for Rampage actually give us a time frame for the young Fennec. The young Fennec here is 30 years younger than she will be in The Mandalorian. Yep. So Fennec Shand, aging like fine wine, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But now we know we're 30 years prior to The Mandalorian.
0: Which makes just about sense because that takes place a few years after Return of the Jedi, which takes place a few years after A New Hope, which takes place 19 years after The Clone Wars.
1: That's where we're at.
0: That's where we're at. You know, within the same month as the end of The Clone Wars. Because there's stuff going on. There's a scene on Pantora as there's stormtroopers walking around. And Omega says, the war is over. Isn't that good? And Echo says, depends on whose side you're on.
1: Yeah, there was an interesting little moment as they're making their way through the beautiful tropical markets of Pantora. And every minute I was like... Okay, this is the minute we're going to see Senator Chucci Just then, walking
0: around in a sketchy market?
1: Absolutely. But nothing, because Dave Filoni hates me. It's yeah, fine. Whatever. Me particularly, yeah. Me particularly, he has a grudge against. <laughs> and there's this big celebration going on with all of the clone troopers marching through the market, except they don't really look like clone troopers anymore.
0: Not so much. Their armor is no longer in the campaign markings, I guess. It's all just flat white. And Clean, I think that's really blasted interesting. blasted
1: white. I don't know when that happened.
0: Yeah. You know, that's, that's an interesting thing worth talking about. So we when we first see clones at the very end of Attack of the Clones, they're all wearing white, Although some of them on Geonosis had really interesting armor already, just sort of to signify which units they're part of, but pretty much only the leaders. And then throughout the clone wars, we see some really outstanding paint jobs, uh Brex particularly. And now they're all back to a flat white. And I think that's I don't know if that's indicative of sort of a peacetime plan or a more, perhaps they took all the individual units and and reassembled them, or they're trying to get more soldiers in there, although they did all look like clones.
1: I wonder if with the snap of Order 66 and the clones' personalities being erased, there's no longer any reason for them to differentiate themselves. And obviously this is a visual cue to flatten them into the anonymous masses of the imperial army but i wonder if there's also no more motivation from the clones to distinguish themselves in any way
0: yeah you know that actually goes back to some stuff we talked about in the clone wars i wonder because in the very in the pilot of the clone wars ambush yoda says
1: take off your helmets i want to know who you are
0: different in the force are you yeah and to an external observer they all look the same and even back on Camino in Aftermath, in the first episode of Bad Batch, all the clones look alike except for the Bad Batch. Yeah. There's no cool haircuts. There's no weird face tattoos. It's all just alike, alike, alike.
1: I remember when we were watching all of the Ahsoka-centric episodes in Season 5, and I think we were spending a lot of time with Commander Thorne.
0: Yeah, we spent time with him.
1: And all of his forces were in that different clone trooper armor. It was red.
0: Oh, yeah. The Coruscant Guard. Yeah. The Coruscant Guard. Uh, that's, that's Commander Fox.
1: Commander Fox. Mm-hmm. And that was my first inkling that something very sinister was going on with clone armor to differentiate them. Mm. And I, this is just another step away from the clones that we knew and love in the Republic era. And now yeah. we're in the Galactic era.
0: Yeah. And things
1: are different.
0: They really are. The chain codes are coming into effect again, and the people of Pantora seem really happy about that. But they're also happy for peace now, because Pantora, I don't think, was a war zone, but it probably was It was a significant part of the war effort.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. And to circle back to the reason we started this topic, yeah. which is that when all of the Pantorans are in the market cheering, I was thinking that they were cheering the clone troopers, and then... Echo says they're cheering the end of the war.
0: Yeah. And I was
1: like, that makes a lot more sense because it was such a weirdly coalesced, cohesive thing they were doing. And I thought to myself, there's no way they're just unambiguously cheering the army. And it makes sense that to regular Pantorans, they don't really know that anything different is going on. They're just celebrating the end of war.
0: And that's an important thing for them because this war has been going on for just three years, Mm -hmm. which is depending on how how many wars have been in your lifetime, a long or a short time. But for the Galactic Republic and the Galactic Empire, it is a long time because it's the first war they've had in hundreds of years, like Mm -hmm. real war. And so now that it's over, that threat is no longer there. Not to mention that I'm sure everyone put in some effort towards victory. And here it is. And now they get to celebrate you know, a very clean victory all told. It's not like the separatists are going to be causing any problems anymore because once they take out Wat Tambor and Poggle the Lesser, there's just not that much left.
1: Yeah, for them, this is a very unambiguous, happy moment. And for us, I think it reinforced the feeling that we are on the outside because we're following the Bad Batch They are on the run, they are misfits, they are wanted, and our hearts are with them. They're not really with the people of Pantora. So I think it made this beautiful moment of alienation really clear for the viewers. Yeah, that was cool.
0: So I want to talk about another callback, which is the Zygerians.
1: The Zygerians, yeah.
0: You yeah, know, they're they kind of just come in, they say, here's our exposition, we want to restore our slaving empire. And Echo says, the Republic outlawed slavery, and the Zygerian commander is like, the Republic's dead.
1: Interestingly enough, Clone Wars fans who followed us through season four will remember that even in the era of the Republic, the Zygerians were still slave traders. Yeah. They were just doing so a little bit less... Openly? Openly yeah. than they are apparently doing now. But they had a pretty flourishing trade going on, and Queen Mirage, who mm-hmm. we met during the Zagirian slave trading arc, had these grand ambitions of bringing slaving back across the entire galaxy.
0: It's really interesting... It's a it's an interesting political point because circling back to Cornered, when Echo says it depends on what side you're on and then scooching forward to Rampage with the Zygerians and going back to what I was talking about in the previous episode of Bad Batch of how this is a slightly post-Civil War tale. To an American listener, this would be in something set in 1866, 1867 of former soldiers making their way and trying to figure out what to do now that their meal tickets no longer being provided and whatnot. Were they on the right side of the war? But then they have to deal with slavers, someone who's like trying to reinstate some different thing. And it's a very interesting juxtaposition for me to see how rapidly the floor fell out and what chaos ensues in that.
1: Mm. I remember that little moment in the market with Hunter where he says something to the effect of. Things are changing faster than I thought. Yeah. And for me as a, I'm not going to say I'm a political scientist, but I was trained to be a political Mm -hmm. scientist during my education. And it is really interesting to see how efficiently the galactic empire is using the tools of regime change. They're doing a lot of interesting and subtle and clever things To change the very footing of the people all around Mm
0: -hmm. and make
1: it feel like a good thing.
0: Despite the fact that now there is a significant occupation because there is order now.
1: Yeah, so order, a lot of people are hardwired to be very attracted to security, to stability, to the conservation, the conservative keeping of the status quo. And the Galactic Empire is phrasing things like, your credits are now invalid, but thanks to the generosity of the Galactic Empire, you can just trade your money in and get its value. Thank you to the Empire. Mm -hmm. And people are cheering for it.
0: And then moved back to the Zygerians here. They are also representing an old order. They have things that they want to bring back now that there is chaos for them to do so. Mm -hmm. but the Zygerians themselves don't represent a super major force compared with when Anakin and Ahsoka, Rex and Obi-Wan went to go fight them. It's just one dude, one uh, Brezak lizard and like, I don't know, 20 other Zygerians or something. Not that many. And Moochie kills most of them except for the one on the (laughs) Brezak.
1: You go, Moochie.
0: There is an outstanding scene. And this is, I think a really good character development for Hunter. Hunter runs up The Brezak has been beat by Moochie, but the main big bad is there, and he's got his Electro Whip. And that's the thing that's slowing Moochie down the most, is Mm -hmm. the Electro Whip. And we've seen these in action.
1: We've seen them take down Obi-Wan and Anakin.
0: Right. So Hunter says, you guys go on, I got this. Prepares to solo the boss, gets into a knife fight with a whip wielder, and he ends up getting a whip wrapped completely around his hand and he crumples. But then he grabs the whip with that hand and uses it to pull forward and punch out the the big bad.
1: I have never been more attracted <laughs> to Hunter.
0: <laughs> it shows some other level of existence that like Hunter is existing in when he gets in that mode.
1: And you know what is so cool about that is that Hunter with his enhanced senses... Could be the Bad Batcher who's most sensitive to pain.
0: He could be. I think also that particular episode, Rampage, as the Bad Batch goes into play, they're ready for whatever. They're a four man army. They go in and they're like ready to take out a bunch of Zygarians. It's only because of the Brezak that they're defeated or captured, but they are able to just move so rapidly and they are making these plans. And Hunter is so confident in the rest of them that he's like, yeah, I'll solo the boss. You guys like take care of Omega. Take care of these captives. Tech and Wrecker, you go solve the Rancor problem.
1: What do you think the importance of that to the story was? That the Bad Batch take on the slave traders and win?
0: I think the main importance to the story is the introduction of Sid.
1: Sid, I think, is the reason that these episodes are so great.
0: Sid is such a sinister character i love her and
1: she's sassy and brilliant she calls hunter you dark and broody and i'm like oh my god that is hunter he's the dark broody one
0: there's a moment when they first meet and she says the kid's the only one with any brains and you see in the background that wrecker reaches down to low five omega
1: a text face when she said that and he looked horrified. But then when Wrecker says something to her, she just goes, oh look, it talks. Yeah. And he is completely chastened.
0: Yeah, she really puts them in their place and she's a really tough customer and it's a really interesting relationship that they're forming here. And it's a really abrupt gear shift for the Bad Batch. And that's I think an interesting thing. So the Zygarian arc for the Bad Batch shows that the Bad Batch is not super good at fighting intelligent enemies. They're great at killing robots, but they can get ambushed. They got ambushed oh. by Zygarians pretty easily, and they also got ambushed when they were going after Sagarera. So, intelligent people are able to, you know, fight fight them on even terms. They're they're outstanding at killing droids. They're less good at Actual combat. And that shows a a weakness among them.
1: They're not infallible.
0: And so now that they have to do work that is messy and they have no information, tech calls it out multiple times. He's like, this is not a military operation.
1: I can't predict how this is going to go because we have no points of reference. We've never done anything like this before. Which
0: is, you know, the smart person way of saying, none of us have any idea what we're doing here. (laughs) We're making it up as we go along. So... It's interesting seeing the Bad Batch struggle and grow, but mm. then Hunter is able to say, I can deal with pain, I can punch a dude in the face, Wrecker can wrestle a monster, Tech can spectate and laugh.
1: We're going to be fine. Echo
0: can babysit Omega, who is our you know, lia- cultural liaison. <laughs> yeah. so, and then they get back and... Sid doesn't trust them and they don't trust Sid, which is correct, but they've now formed a working relationship and this extremely abrupt change from having a full on logistical chain behind them, having access to as much explosives and money and food as they need to having... None of that and having to work for their meal ticket shows a really interesting relationship change, particularly for Hunter, because the rest of the Bad Batch looks to Hunter because he's the leader.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now Hunter says, who's my boss? Oh. Who is who is paying me? Because you know, he doesn't have huge problems. He's just like, Tech, I have a logistical problem. Please solve it in your head for me. But Tech is going to say, we need at least 8,537 credits to get through the month, and Hunter, you need to make one of these three decisions, but Hunter is the one who has to make the decision. And now he is choosing or choosing not to throw in his lot with Sid, and the stakes have been amped up because of Fennec.
1: Yeah. I do feel a little bit like they could just repeat the Echo as a droid trick around the galaxy, because it worked great. Echo was great. He took off all. All the droids restraining bolts. He established dominance over the herd. Yes, he was like, "Come on, boys, hop hop, we're gonna go put a ship back together." And they
0: do. It's they're, and they're
1: delighted.
0: There's a very saucy protocol droid who is like a female version of C three PO. It is
1: good to know that all protocol droids are deeply annoying. They
0: are yes. That yes. is
1: good confirmation. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and she's like, you can't do this. I'm in charge. And he, like, lifts up his mask and, like, waves a gun at her. And she's like, oh, dear. <laughs> but then when he takes the droids to go repair the ship, she's like, you can't do that. I'm in charge here. And one of the cutest little droids, Clink, just starts toddling over to the <laughs> ship. Who's like, finally a new problem to solve. And the other little astromax are like, beep, beep, boop, 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 we, boop. we love we love Chaos Boss.
1: We love Chaos <laughs> Boss. Chaos <laughs> Boss forever. Chaos Boss. <laughs> Since we're talking about the Bad Batch being on unfamiliar ground, mm-hmm. I want to talk about parenting all right. and how we are watching the Bad Batch all slowly learn how to be parents.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of interesting notes on it.
1: One thing that I just absolutely loved, especially in Cornered, is that the entire episode is about the Bad Batch playing hot potato with Omega. (laughs) Every time one of them loses her, the other one's like, okay, I got her. And then they get KO'd by Fennec. And then they pass the baton and they're like, okay, I'm going after Omega. And then they get KO'd and they're like, okay, you're on it. And it just, it is so fantastic. It takes a village.
0: It does. And they all have their own separate styles. So Hunter is the main
1: he's, parent. He's daddy. He's,
0: he's classical dad. Yeah. And classical dad classical makes me dad. think of him
1: as like an oil portrait. Oh, yeah. Just like beatifically looking down at his beautiful daughter.
0: My dad is a huge fan of classical music. That's his like, you know, high class thing. So I don't know. I his just think pinky of, out thing. Yeah. Uh, so Hunter is the one who acts in that capacity, and he also goes full on Dad Rampage and Cornered.
1: Yes, fantastic. And he's
0: like, I'm stealing a motorcycle. Because the way he finally defeats Fennec, she's chasing them on a car that she stole and then beat up a guy and GTA him out the side, and he presumably died because there were hundreds of feet in the air.
1: Like I said, civilian casualties.
0: But Hunter decides, he once he finally grabs Omega, he just hits the brakes, flies behind fennec and as he does he takes that explosive he was trying to sell at the beginning and just sticks it on her car and like yolo and she explodes (laughs) and jumps away from the explosion and like limps away and she's like darn hunter was really like i'm gonna do the slalom
1: course to get my kid back today he's
0: like i don't get to drive a motorcycle and blow off explosives every day anymore. It's very expensive. Super glad to be doing it for a kid.
1: What I love is Echo's parenting style because we see this little moment in Rampage. Echo's kind of watching Omega mess around with her comms device. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then he thinks about it for a second and he's like, oh, wait, that's my cue. Young lady, that is not a toy. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, Echo, you are learning.
0: So the interesting thing about Echo is he is definitely the one with PTSD.
1: Yeah.
0: He is also definitely the one who is like, you cannot do that. And here is why. Because like, do not stick forks in the electrical outlet. And here's (laughs) why I have done it and it sucks. Like, Do not make toast in the bathtub. I've done it and it sucks. He is the one because he was in the 501st. You know, and that was a whole battalion of Bad Batch who was behind General Skywalker as he carved a bloody path across the galaxy and then just did laps. And he's (laughs) like, I've seen some stuff. All right. And he's also sort of the informer. And he knows he's just he just knows things that they don't. He's got the wisdom that they don't.
1: Echo watches more carefully than anybody except for hunter yes if you watch his animation he is the one with the eyes on everything at all times because tech is up in his head and yeah. Racker is looking for things to smash and hunter is off in the front of the pack scoping things out and echo's got his eyes on omega
0: yeah now tech has a different interesting parroting style Ooh. Tech is the one who just answers her questions.
1: Yeah, there's that lovely, well, I'm not sure if it's a lovely little <laughs> moment. There's an interesting moment <laughs> when they're in the ship in Rampage mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we got to go find the Zygerian slave traders. And Omega's curled up in a cockpit chair and she goes, what's a slave trader?
0: Uh huh. And Tech just explains it to her
1: in very neutral terms mm-hmm,
0: because he's the professor. He's the professor dad. Yeah. He's the one who's like, here's what's happening. I make no judgments about it because it's not the kind of thing they make judgments about. And having judgments doesn't help you understand.
1: Yeah. I really liked that tech picked up the baton mm-hmm. and explained it. And then Omega was like, wait, but that doesn't sound right at all to trade living people. And Echo picks up the baton mm-hmm. and reinforces not just the flat, objective facts, but he gives her the emotional truth. Yes. He says it's not right to take yes. living people captive against their will and force them to do things they don't want to do. And that is clearly a very emotional topic for him because it happened to him.
0: For years.
1: He was a slave. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and he has to go off afterwards and recollect himself. It was clearly triggering for him. But he answers her question in a really useful way. Yeah. And I think that's, I'm not a parent, but I think that's the mark of a good parent where they regulate their emotions even when they feel upset enough to answer your question. And then they're like, okay, I got to go take some me time. I got to go deal with my PTSD about being held as a slave by the techno union. Yeah. But I'm going to answer your question first, and I'm not going to blow up at you for asking a tough question. Yeah. I'm not going to make it your fault. I'm going to take ownership for myself, too.
0: Yeah. Echo showed a real maturity of character, which was admirable.
1: I <laughs> I do love Racker's parenting style. Yeah. Because... Oh my God, Omega is lost down in the sewers mm-hmm. and she's about to cry. She's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Some massive figure comes up from behind her. She's like, This is the day that I die. Yeah. And it's her uncle, Wrecker. Uh huh. And he just scoops her up and holds her close. And he's like, Don't worry, I'm going to get you out of here. Yeah. Can you imagine if you were lost in an underground tunnel as a tiny eight-year-old? How psyched you would be if your massive fungal came up and was like, don't worry, I got you. have to
0: clean off his armor.
1: Well, (laughs) yes. But then he carried you home and it was great.
0: And because he's Wrecker, he has absolutely no fear when it comes to, oh, that's the lady who's been chasing you who beat up Hunter. I'll go beat her up.
1: Yeah, you You, go climb the ladder. Yeah, I got you.
0: And- If Fennec hadn't been able to, then that, so Fennec beats him in one hit. And that goes back to if she had been a commando droid, then Wrecker would have just ripped her head clean off.
1: Yeah, no questions. It would have been easy peasy.
0: The fact that she was able to outthink him and a droid isn't. Is what got to him. Yeah. So all of their failings, all of their weaknesses were actually exploited in this one.
1: Fennec did a beautiful job of outwitting, outplaying, outlasting the Bad Batch.
0: Honestly, so did the Zygerians. So in all cases, the Bad Batch has to be humbled.
1: And... That's why I called Omega the bacon saver, because in both of these episodes, she's the linchpin. She's the one who makes it possible for them to emerge mostly unscathed.
0: That's also true in Replacements, when she was the one who got the piece.
1: Yeah. I I really like the Bad Batch because she's not carrying any... Trauma from these incidents, right? I think she's at that resilient rubber kid stage where they just bounce off of things and things slide off of their back. Mm -hmm. She comes face to face with an energy dragon and barters for the capacitor and is doing fine. She emerges from the clutches of a very dangerous assassin and is fine. Yeah. She you know, rescues all of her uncles from slave traders and is fine. And it's very restful to watch because I'm used to watching adult characters who carry all of these challenges more heavily on their backs.
0: Very much so. It's an interesting spectrum from Echo to Omega as far as how resilient they are due to experience or due to nature.
1: It's just a privilege to watch this show with these characters who love each other so hard and have each other's backs so unquestioningly Mm -hmm. and are limping their way across the galaxy, but they're doing it together.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love this show. (laughs) Yeah. There is one icky thing that I did not love. What's that? Earlier in our Bad Batch watch, we talked about whitewashing. Yeah. And I didn't notice the whitewashing of the clones so much. You pointed it out. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, they their skin tone is a little bit lighter yeah. than it than it was in the movies and in the Clone Wars. I definitely noticed when Fennec took her helmet off,
0: mm. she
1: looked straight up white.
0: Yeah. Yeah, whereas the character is, the the actress is very Asian.
1: Ming-Na Wen, who voiced Fennec in this episode, by the way, also played her in The Mandalorian, was born on Macau. Mm -hmm. She's a Chinese-American. Yeah. She did not look any different from Padme in The Clone Wars.
0: She had a teensy bit of epicanthic folds in her eyes, like a 5%. If
1: you were looking for it, Yes. Well, I
0: was, but yeah.
1: If you are just watching The Bad Batch, you're like, yeah, that's a scary white brunette lady.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely problematic. And I I think as far as skin tone, because the clones don't have particularly different facial features and their features are the same. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of this is what clones look like. They just declared that this is what clones look like in ambush. And that is what they look like. Mm -hmm. And so they're sticking with it. But if you were doing someone of a earthling racial minority, I worry that it might move towards satire parody. And that is a form of like, you know, allowing whitewashing, but it would be worse if she looked overly Asian. You know, if she looked like a caricature of herself, I would think.
1: Yeah. I would imagine that in the year of our Lord 2021, <laughs> when the show was being made, there is a way to respectfully differentiate characters' ethnicities.
0: One would hope. And that's, that's definitely been a problem in The Bad Batch. And I definitely see it.
1: It's just interesting to me, and I don't want to harp on it too much. I do love this show, but the three icky things that we've called out so far have all been about race. They've been yeah. about whitewashing the clones, whitewashing Fennec, and not portraying Saw Guerrero's hair in an accurate and racially appropriate way.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that's that's it's an opportunity moving forward.
1: Yes, it is an opportunity for growth. Yeah. I think we get the privilege of saying that because we're both white and yeah. we're not... I'm not looking to this show to validate my whiteness. There's a lot of white animated characters in the world for yeah. me to look at and see myself maybe reflected in. So it is a privilege that we can kind of brush this off. I just want to highlight it.
0: Yeah, what's what's interesting and this is a deep cut spoiler sort of. I mean, it's not spoiling anything for Anna because she is not going to have enough memory for this, but
1: hey. Hey, yeah.
0: when we get to Resistance, which is in like Four years or whatever. Most of the characters are people of color and it shows. And also uh Clink, the robot, yeah, is uh a character in Resistance. Oh which is my fun. god, yeah. I love
1: Clink.
0: And also the little creatures that stole uh Omega's doll. Oh, first the the, in the Resistance. space dogs? Yeah, are first seen in Resistance. So there's callbacks to that, but in Resistance, I think they do the different races, different accents. Pretty well in comparison, Ooh. and what makes it interesting as an animated show is they're able to do some really cool things with like eye colors and accents and hair skin combinations that are exceedingly rare, if not impossible, on Earth. But would go towards this is a person who is of who is not white. Yes, and I think that's cool.
1: I love that. Okay, and, and
0: so in a way, it it is sad that Bad Batch, which happens later in prime universe after resistance uh doesn't do it as well
1: it was animated later yeah. it maybe has been a back sliding but from what i hear things get better yeah.
0: We'll so see. yeah we'll see I have a few tiny things.
1: Tiny things. I love tiny things. The
0: first is I want the soundtrack that Sid has playing whenever she talks with anyone <laughs> to be playing. And whenever anyone calls me on the phone, it's like how the job. How is the job going? I want to be calmly eating my dinner alone in an office, just like snacking on snick snacks,
1: eating my ravioli
0: ominously. She's just ominous.
1: I did not get that vibe from her. I got competent mercenary business lady calling out the boys. That's the, I got sassy. That's what I got.
0: Well, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> the other thing is, once again, Wrecker is dealing with headaches.
1: That was one of my little things. Yeah. My other wrecker thing is that he continues to use the gonk droid in his workouts. (laughs) He's squatting 500 pounds of gonk droid. It just sends me over the moon.
0: So gonk droids are really funny because no one knows what they're for. Like they appear in the background of A New Hope and it's probably just like some kid just going gonk.
1: Someone spray painted a cardboard box and was like, here, another droid for the droid background.
0: Yeah, because it's a box with legs. So later on in video games and stuff, they're like, oh, this is a power droid. This is a droid which moves power. So it's basically a big, barely sentient battery. And I'll tell you what, listeners, I just got a new electric car, which is awesome. It weighs a lot because batteries are heavy. <laughs> yeah. That gong droid does probably weigh five, 600 pounds. You got a
1: whole gong droid in your hood.
0: And, and Wrecker is just lifting it, just Oh, hey, what's up, guys? Like, are we doing his soon? bicep curls,
1: doing the squats. <laughs> it's, like,
0: it's the only thing heavy enough for him in the entire ship.
1: Amazing. <laughs> so much Star Wars lore just rests on like what a costume designer thought would be cool in the 70s.
0: Oh, so much of it rests on what they could scrounge up to make fake remote control droids in Tunisia in 1976. <laughs>
1: Amazing. But yeah, Hunter continues to have headaches, and there are five frowny faces next to that in my notes.
0: You mean Rucker? Hunter hasn't had headaches yet. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Freudian. Freudian slip. Paging Dr. Freud. Yeah. Well, it's not good for any of them. I would like for none of my Bad Batchers to have headaches, please.
0: You know, we talked about this when we first started the Bad Batch of who would be the bad guy. For the Bad Batch, who would be the foil to the rest of them if Order 66 had gone through. And it definitely seemed like Crosshair is the right one for the job. Who doesn't appear in either of these two episodes because he's roughly as competent as any of them. But Wrecker would be a good bad guy, too, because he could just pulp them all.
1: He would be too heartbreaking of a bad guy.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about Wrecker. Okay, let's talk about Wrecker. I am staunchly... I'm, I'm, becoming, I'm doubling down on the fact... That by beating a rancor to submission <laughs> means he is a strong force user. Oh he makes Savage Oppress look like Savage Opress before he got his beefcake injection. Take
1: Savage Opress's name out of your mouth. There will be no Savage slander on this podcast.
0: He makes Savage look like feral.
1: Opress. No, yeah. take it back.
0: Wrecker, that Wrecker, hurts
1: my feelings. Wrecker
0: punched a rancor into submission with no hard feelings.
1: That is true. Moochie likes them just as much at the end of the day as she did in the beginning. Yeah. And if that's not a real teenage vibe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Tech thinks this is funny. And I wonder if Hunter sent Tech to watch over Wrecker because Wrecker might be like, what if what I'm doing is impossible? And Tech's like, mathematically it's not impossible tech's a liar tech knows it's impossible he knows wrecker's impossible
1: he needs to keep wrecker from the self-knowledge of his own power (laughs) unlimited power
0: (laughs) yeah yeah he's like no no you can you can handle the rabbit lenny you got it
1: (laughs) we never giggled this much during the clone wars i love bad batch Ah,
0: bad batch is fun
1: bad batch forever on that note, mm-hmm. shall we pick the baddest of the Bad Batch?
0: It's time for Bad Watch. It's time
1: for Bad Watch. Bad it's time for Bad Watch.
0: Watch. All right. Who is the baddest of the Bad Watch?
1: Sam, I'm afraid I'm going to shock and astonish you yeah. and hurt your feelings. Maybe. Maybe. My bad batch is Sid. Sid? Sid is gonna be the one for me this week. Okay. She blitzed onto the scene
0: mm-hmm.
1: with such astonishing levels of sass and so much self possession. And she just had the boys fumbling over their own feet because she tells them one untrue thing and they don't know what to do. And it takes Omega to be like, you guys. That's who you're looking for. Mm -hmm. She's confident. She's a businesswoman. Teach me how to be more like Sid.
0: Is she a Trandoshan?
1: I think so. I think she's one of the stubby Trandoshans.
0: There are a few stubby ones. We
1: saw stubby Trandoshans when Ahsoka and Anakin went undercover in their Jedi ponchos (laughs)
0: in season one. That's the um that's the R2 lost art. Yeah. With um with the pizza cutter fight. Oh Lord, I love that
1: pizza cutter fight. Oh
0: wow. What a what a species to have just like a stubby subspecies and then like the tall, rangy Bosque subspecies. Yeah,
1: Bosque Daddy looks very different from Sid Mama.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well that's a that's a an interesting choice. Is that the first Trandoshan on our or Baywatch, I believe it is. I believe
1: it is because they did try to poach Ahsoka to death in season three of the Clone Wars. And I haven't forgiven them for that. But I don't think Sid was involved.
0: Hopefully not.
1: Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. I mean,
0: she was working with the Jedi. She she said, I had a good thing going with the Jedi. And now they're all dead, which sucks.
1: <laughs> and now you're Jedi adjacent. So I'll work with you. Yeah. And also Bib Fortuna and Java Because, I mean, I've got to get that bag.
0: Hey, she got a lot of credits out of that. What we know about credits, we know from outer rim, that looked like about thirty thousand credits that Hunter got. In a
1: Considering bag. that tech bribed the landing dock guy in Cornered with five credit chips, she just made bukus of cash.
0: Or five thousand or five hundred. We don't know if it's like um lira where you know or yen where you know a million isn't that many. But.
1: No, Sid's gonna be dining on Ravioli for the next year. Who is your bad watch?
0: I'm going to go with Omega.
1: Yeah. Good choice.
0: Omega proves herself to be part of the squad. She is still a kid when she gets distracted by a shoplifted doll that a dog steals. And then she gets to keep, which is cool. Yeah. But- she saves herself pretty well when Fennec is chasing after her on the dump truck because she's like, "Get yeeted! I, I will, I will dump this dump truck with both of us on it and hope that I survive." And I'm willing to to put us both in danger to do it. That is she does so brave.
1: Lots of smart things. She runs into the sewers. She locks Fennec into the sewers while yeah. she tries to figure out a way out. She frees Muchi.
0: Yeah, which is such a power move because. So here's the scene for that. She's climbing around and she's like doing American Ninja Warrior stuff. She's climbing along cables, she's climbing. She gets on top of this big cage and she looks in and she's like, oh wow, what's that? And then she's working at the latch that Zygerian comes and grabs her. It's like, what are you doing sneaking around? She says, I'm not sneaking. And she drops the bar that was latching it together. She's
1: like, I'm ruining your lunch.
0: I'm unlocking. And then the rancor rampages out. And I love that because it shows a really good sense of her power level. Yes. Yeah.
1: Omega doesn't need to be brawny no. to be effective. She's an uncoordinated 10-year-old.
0: She She is. She's strong and fast and has high endurance like any clone of Django fat but she knows that she's not gonna win in a fight with anyone so she's like how about you fight a rancor instead and i love that (laughs) and she gets a very cool zygerian bow as if she is like the new character joining the party and just gets one magic item dropped off to, to power her up
1: cute So we'll
0: see if she can use it. It is really cool looking, though.
1: It's beautiful. I love that it pops open on her arm and she's like, whoa. Yeah. I'm I'm 10% cooler than I was 10 seconds ago.
0: So I am a hobbyist archer and...
1: Sam's a crack shot. Don't (laughs) let his humble words fool you. He could bring in meat for the winter.
0: (laughs) And... Bows are interesting, recurve bows, because you actually want it to be as little as possible and still be strong. Uh, you can get, make them out of steel or out of fiberglass or whatever, but you want like as little mass moving forward as possible. But in fantasy and science fiction bows, there are always these enormous over-encumbered, like arm-mounted things. I think it's very funny. But the one Omega gets is very cool, and I'm really excited to see it in action.
1: Purple and gold are definitely her colors. All right, Sam, what are we watching next week?
0: We are watching the next two episodes of Bad Batch, Decommissioned, and Battle Scars.
1: Ooh, those are two very ominous titles.
0: Yeah, what numbers are those? Six and seven?
1: That's season one of The Bad Batch, episodes six and seven.
0: So join us next week as we talk about those. Super excited to have you listen. Super excited to be back. Super grateful for our wonderful new recording space. It's just Everything's really working out well for us, and we're really grateful to be on this journey, but we're really grateful to be recording again. It's a a surprisingly fun and centering thing to do, and we're super grateful for every single one of you, our listeners, for supporting us however you do.
1: If you want more Skywalker, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GrowingUpSkywalker. You can also become one of our patrons, new this year for just $3 a month, which is our lowest Patreon tier. You can get access to all of our backlog of content and all of our content moving forward. If you can pay more, that's awesome. But times are tough. Inflation is at 11%. And we just appreciate that you want to support us. And thank you for that.
0: So join us next week. And thanks for being a (laughs) Katoonko
1: And send this episode to your favorite person who is like an uncle to you, even though they're not your uncle
0: and send it to the no nonsense bartender who offers you a 70 30 my favor split every time they offer you a dangerous job that they don't give you details
1: and you just have to say thanks sid
0: echoes like it would have been nice to know that that was a rancor we were rescuing
1: must have slipped my mind and we'll see you next tuesday
0: bye-bye